If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and this is Steve. What's up, Steve? Uh, same oh, old, man. I won't give you shit this week. I guess we'll just leave it alone. It's <laughs> better that way. You know what's funny? I was actually contemplating going, uh, you know, this is the, uh, I can't even remember. I can't Miraculous, even Steve? Yeah, the whatever. But I can't even pull that off when I mean to, so I'm not even going to try. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. So how you been, buddy? How's everything? Doing all right, man. Work is uh, definitely piled up in shit as well as the snow. So uh, balance. You guys got two. hammered with it too? Oh, dude. It, it's it's not been a big snow by my standards, but for where I'm at, apparently the eight inches is a big storm. So Do they even have snow plows there? Uh, a lot of the locals do, but as far as local government, yeah, it's kind of shifty. Yeah. Uh, Virginia goes, oh, snow, just close everything. We won't go anywhere. It, it's the weirdest shit I ever saw. Like That's nuts. The snow we have right now growing up wouldn't even account for a snow day at school. But this state shuts down. I don't get it. I could only imagine. I could only imagine. They're not used to that stuff. You know, it's like I've got probably one of the <clears throat> most incredible neighbors ever. He'll come out and he plows everyone's driveway with his little Kubota tractor and he comes in and hits ours. And every time he does it, I'm scratching my head going, it's four to eight inches of snow, dude. Does it need trucks? Yeah, it's a dirt road and I have vehicles that can go right through it. Do you really need to plow it? I mean, I They're appreciate nice. it. I greatly appreciate it, but... It makes me, I don't understand this mentality around here. It, it's strange to me. It's totally weird. I, I mean, we have, what, 15 inches of snow up here. We got hit, and we're supposed to get hit with another nor'easter at the end of the week. So Nice. Yeah. Well, that's normal here. I don't yeah. know. It just sucks. I mean, it's going to ruin our shed season. Our ice fishing season's kind of put on halt for a little bit. It puts a lot of pressure on the ice, brings water up, gets a little sketchy. So kind of got to leave it alone. But. Crazy. Upside yeah. is, is uh, hopefully I can get out and finally do some snow scouting, which I haven't done in three years here. So I'm ready for that too, actually, believe it or not. Fingers are crossed that this sticks around, doesn't melt off immediately tomorrow. And after work, I can get out and go check some of these spots that are new and get some more intel. Hell yeah, man. Maybe find a shed or two. It'll be kind of cool. Hopefully. It'd be sweet. It's about that time that they're going to start falling. This is usually about when I start getting it. So, Fuck yeah, man. Well, I do want to thank everyone who joined in with us this week to kind of listen and kind of – I know we're kind of going at a fast pace. We got a lot of cool um, podcasts. <laughs> I couldn't think for a second there, which I normally can't, but not that that comes by any surprise to anybody. Has, has done more than water things down. <laughs> well, no, the problem is I've done nothing all day. And I've just sat around because there's nothing to do. So I'm just bored out of my mind and I slap and I'm just, yeah, yeah I you know, know how that, that feeling way too well, man. It sucks, dude. I hate it. It's, uh, I, it's just, it's so weird because I want to be doing stuff. I'm never not going out and doing things like all the seasons have come to an end. There's not really much going on and it's just, it's so tough on me. I don't know what I should be doing. So screw it. It is what it is. Hopefully the next couple of days we can get back at it. I did a decent amount of ice fishing over the weekend. 
things were actually really good. It was colder than a motherfucker here, though. Yeah, it, it was like, like it, dude. <laughs> it looked brutal up there. Negative fifteen. Ooh. Negative. Yeah, it was bad. And we ice fished throughout the night. One of the nights, crappie fishing, and it was just stupid cold. Uh, we were inside the shanty and stuff. I mean, it was like eighty-five in there, but. Um, and then the next day, we fished all day. It was still, I think it was like a high of like fifteen, Jeez. with wind chills like negative ten. So, but it is what it is. I wish I was out shed hunting. To be honest, if I knew that we were gonna get as much snow, because it, they were calling for like one to three inches, and then one to three inches the night before, so they're calling for like six inches of snow. I'm down with that. I can shed hunt. Oh, that. so you got like the backwards version of what we got? Really? They were calling for like. 12 to 18 and we got eight <laughs> yeah so like that morning they shifted to 12 to 18 inches and we're like what i was not <laughs> expecting that and then we're gonna get hit again it looks like the next couple of day, the end of the week um which would actually be last week um we were supposed to get hit with another nor'easter so we'll see what happens it is what it is i guess crazy yeah it's fucking nuts man but um but for you guys that have tuned in and uh we do have a lot of new things coming up um we're gonna we've kind of pushed forward with um hat sales so we'll actually have hats for sale here on the regular um the outdoor drive podcast ones we just finished up our last run uh or our first the the end of the first run (laughs) um and then we'll have another run coming uh very soon stickers should be here if they're not already uh in the next couple of days so we'll have that and then we're actually working on right now um possible t-shirts um with like an online program to do t-shirts storage we'll see we'll see how that goes um but we'll have some merchandise it's kind of getting to that point we're one year in the making here so we figured that we should have merchandise by now so that's what we're working on because I know everyone's been on our ass about it. So we'll yeah, definitely and, get it out there. And, and for public clarification, the stickers will be white writing, not black. Yeah. We've well, got that's, so much grief over that. But that's why I gave them away. I didn't even <laughs> sell them. I was like, who wants them? I'm just going right. to send them to them because I can't sell you a black. If you have tinted windows, the black did nothing. So, okay. I, so I, yes and no. If you had a something white to put it on, it looked badass. Now, the bigger stickers like you and I have, even on tinted glass, when that sun hits them, it gives that metallic gray sheen. It's kind of, I, I kind of dig it. I kind of like it. But It's like a blacked out version. I love yeah. it. You know, and I, I just like blacked out personally. That's all my shit. Mm-hmm. I like subdued, no shine, no chrome. But that's just me. But yeah, we got our asses handed to us over not having white lettered stickers. So it worked fine on my little Honda Civic. I don't have <laughs> tinted windows, so it looks great on my car, but fuck everyone else, I guess. <laughs> well, they ask and they receive. Yep. So, so we'll have those white ones. So that would be kind of cool. We'll have those for sale. We I don't know, like I we might have to like get like an actual store going on the website, I think, to kind of handle all this because I'm not really sure how else we'll go about this, but we'll keep everyone informed of what's actually going on. No one said we're smart. We're just kind of limping along and uh, making it happen off the hip. They wanted the shit. I got it, but I just don't know how to get it to you. <laughs> nah, nah, we'll figure that out. That part's easy. You've always been it's good at stuff. that, guys. And, and everybody, big praises to Trev because he handles all of this end of it. I mean, he's the man when it comes to this stuff. I simply don't have enough hours in the day. <laughs> so Trev saves my ass when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, but you do you do enough in, on your end, dude, because if it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be a podcast because there would be no video-ish. There would be no videos. There would be no nothing. It would be just a podcast. We just have a podcast. That's why we get we, we work well together. It works. You got it, your strengths and... Dude, the amount of content you've been pumping, dude, hats off to you. You've been fucking getting it. Trying, man. So right now, like out of the blue, taking this extra job on top of my original job, dude, I am slammed. So watching you get out there and do it, it's like usually I'm like, yeah, man, get it, get it. Now I'm like, oh, damn, I wish I was out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Turkey season will be here before you know it, dude. I mean, come on. 
shed season's kicking off time this airs, so I fully anticipate to work. And now there's some new places at this new place I'm working at that I'm going to do a little walking on. I've had some local intel that there are some really big bucks around there. So it's awesome. Nothing better than that. Love new ground. Sweet, man. Hey, do we have something coming in? Should we turn up Mike? Yeah, man. Do me a favor. Crank that bad boy up. All right. Turn it up. Mike here with some news for your crews. Uh, the theme lately has been bills, bills, bills all across the country. Uh, we're going to start off a little bit the same this week, uh, this time in Utah with House Bill 295, which has been introduced uh, and would ban big game baiting and regulate trail camera use in the state. Uh, the bill would ban placing uh, food or nutrient substances for the purpose of taking or attempting to take big game. Uh, the game camera regulations would include pro, uh, prohibiting trail camera use from August 1st through December 31st and prohibiting cell camera use from July 1st through December 31st or cameras at any time uh, if placement, maintenance, or use of a trail camera or similar device prevents wildlife from accessing or alters the manner in which wildlife accesses a spring water source or artificial basin that collects water or is designed and constructed to collect water. Now, there are some exceptions to these, which would include if a person clearly marks each trail camera or similar device to indicate ownership, uh, any person who places, maintains, or uses a camera or similar device with the Wildlife Division's approval, or a person who places, maintains, or uses a trail camera or similar device on private property with the landowner's permission. So anyone who would like to comment on the bill can email the bill sponsor, Casey Snyder, at C. Snyder, S-N-I-D-E-R, at le.utah.gov, and any members of Utah's Wildlife Board. Uh, now on to Pennsylvania, where the Pennsylvania Game Commission is asking for your help. Uh, wildlife biologists are looking for flocks of wild turkeys to trap, band, and release this year. So if you see any flocks of turkeys in northwestern PA, you can call the Northwest Region Office at 814 432 3187. Uh, now down to Virginia, and I'll have to thank Stephen's better half for sending this one to me. Uh, so thank you, Kim. Um, pay attention, muskie anglers. Uh, recently, DNR biologists were sampling the Shenandoah River for muskies, which they have been doing since 2009. Uh, this year, the biologists caught two of their largest muskies uh, of their careers. They caught two fish over 50 inches with the largest weighing 40 pounds. Um, so there are some monsters to be had in the Shenandoah, and the DNR biologists are asking anglers to consider recording their catches uh, in the new Muskie Angler Diary Program, which will provide the biologists with data to better manage the muskie fishery uh, in the Shenandoah and other areas of the state. So the program can be found on the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources webpage. Now, lastly, uh, this is a call to all youth who enjoy the outdoors. Pheasants Forever is looking for stories from youth who hunt, fish, shoot, or just enjoy the outdoors in general to be included in their uh, Forever Outdoors Youth Journal. Uh, they are looking for anyone under 18 to submit a 300 to 800 word story with uh, high resolution photos. Uh, a few topic examples that they provided are stories about, uh, you know, like a favorite bird dog or a specific outdoor place that is special to you, your first harvest, deer, pheasant, or other game, uh, family adventure or tradition in the outdoors, showing someone else the outdoors, uh, or partic participating in outdoor activities outside of hunting and fishing. Uh, you can send submissions to Pheasants Forever editor Tom Carpenter at tcarpenter at pheasantsforever.org. Uh, you can attach a Word file or put the story right in the body of the email and make sure to use Forever Outdoors Story in the email subject line. Uh, with that, uh, I appreciate all the news coming in. Again, uh, if you guys have anything, please feel free to send it to me. Reach out to me on Facebook at Mike Salter or bearded underscore bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. 
All right. Crazy Mike. Always back at it. Always keeping the news. Yeah, much appreciated. Dude, and he's... You guys don't understand how much effort goes into that, how much research and time he puts into that. I want to tell him thanks because he doesn't just come out with like the general big stuff. He's finding like little niche things and local things. So please, everybody, if you come, something comes up, I don't care what state if you're in, if you're in Nebraska, if you're in Florida, Arizona, California, something pops up that you think's of interest, kick it over to Mike. Let him pump that out. Yeah, definitely. If there's any info that you, you want to share, anything new coming down the pipe, I know there's a lot of bills being passed in different states and stuff. Uh, just just get it over to either me, Steven, or just send it right to Mike Salter. Or you can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. Uh, just follow the trail. You'll find him, I promise. Uh, send that stuff over so we can get that stuff kicking. For sure. Um, Let's – I. I'm I'm done talking. Can we yeah. just do sponsors and get on with the show? Because I'm I'm actually pretty ja- jacked about this one. Yeah, dude, roll into it because uh, I'm excited. All right, let's do it. So first off, I want to thank Northeastern Game Calls. Northeastern Game Calls, get them in close for all your custom game call needs. Go check out Mock. We have the Ridge Runners going to be here in the full effect. If uh, you guys haven't seen that yet, make sure you go and check that out. You can check that on our YouTube side behind the um, product. Also, uh, Wild Edge Inc., wildedgeinc.com, the leader in mobile hunting. Uh, They now have the Berserker and the Battleman out for sale. You can go and check them out there, wildedgeinc.com. Timber Tumblers, timbertumblers.com for your custom Tumblr needs. Uh, You can use our logo, your logo, anybody's that you'd like, and get some custom tumblers i was a little tongue-tied there you were um, on a roll and then it just okay. died yeah <laughs> well i was trying to think because i don't have my tumbler today i have a tumbler but i don't have my my tumbler so i was a little off uh wicked twisted bowstrings wicked twisted bowstrings.com for your custom bowstrings get jillified up there at wicked twisted bowstrings uh the bcy and the bloodline series that she offers you can build them right there on her website also broadside camo broadsidecamo.com the photorealism for your aerial hunting needs and camouflage um use the promo code outdoor drive um on that one wicked twisted outdoor drive 10 um i think that's the only ones that we've gone through so far mm-hmm. um also who else am i for- i'm always forgetting somebody who am i forgetting Wicked Twisted, Norris Game Calls, Wild Edge Inc., Timber Tumblers. What? Out on the Limb. Out on the Limb, MFG.com. Um, Matt Garris over at Out on the Limb. He's got some really cool stuff that for you one-steppers, saddle hunters, uh, Shakar Sticks, Shakar FXs. Um, there's the Reach Camera Arm. What was the name of the new one? Uh, that Honestly, I, I got to revert it back. So if you guys get on YouTube, we are launching the next episode of Behind the Product in which this is all covered from Matt's perspective. It is not in the shop, but as he talks, you will see the products. So get on there and check that out. And, you know, something we don't talk about a lot when it comes to out on the limb is um, the little ambush, um, which is an actual tree stand. And uh, that's something that he sells. He does sell tree stands. He sells platforms for saddle hunting, uh, camera arms, just a little bit of everything. So if you guys haven't been over there and haven't checked that stuff out yet, um, get on over to outonthelimmfg.com. Um, he's got some really badass shit for all of you uh, hunters. So. Hell yeah. Cool people, good people. Go and check them out. Well, I don't know about you, but... I think I'm ready to start talking about these. Hmm. Yeah, man. Actually, I'll show you the one I got last week. Yeah, let's see that bad boy. I am. Oh, snap. That was pretty cool. It was kind of fun. I was actually, I went into an area. I'm dropping my mic here. Um, I went to an area to look for a shed, specific shed. And I was walking back out, and this one was tines down in the snow, and I could see it from a mile away. It was after we had first got our first snow, and I was like, that's a shed. That's a shed. And the closer ding, I got, ding, the ding. more it looked Come like on. a shed. So I was it's pissed. Beautiful I beautiful season. I didn't, I didn't 
I didn't have the dog with me. I was so upset that I didn't have the dog. But that's all right, dude. Number one, there's nothing like that feeling. I know that instant surge of energy. Like there it is. (laughs) But the problem with that is, is that then it snowed. So all the sheds are covered in snow right now. But it is what it is. Let's go talk sheds. Keeps the squirrel off them. Oh, that's right. Let's go talk sheds. Let's do it. Bring them on. We're back on the f- on the phone with with the shed hunting fool himself, Mister Wayne. How are you, buddy? What's up, guys? Doing all right. How's everything, man? Uh, cold, wintry, snowy. Did you guys get hit with this snowstorm recently? Also. Oh uh, yeah, I think we got another two inches last night. Probably five inches over the last week. Ugh, not good, man. We just got hit with it. We got I don't know, fifteen to twenty inches on the ground. <laughs> Yeah. There goes your shed season. <laughs> I know, man. They called for like three inches, and we had like about an inch on the ground. So I was like, all right, perfect. This is going to be good. And then I woke up, and there's 15 inches of snow on the ground. So that just about killed that. Thank you, weatherman, for that one, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why don't we turn this key, man? We'll get this drive underway. Why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and uh, what you do? My name is Wayne Bolton. I am the shed hunting fool. Of course, that's what I call myself. Then over the years, everybody else has called me that, and they think uh, I have an addiction. But living here in the state of Ohio, you can't help it. <laughs> you're picking up bones like I do, you're going to be a shed hunting fool. <laughs> so what got you into shed hunting, man? What, 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 where did it all start for you? Where did it all start? Let me see. Back up 25 years ago, neighbor losing to the tight. I go out, well, this actually wasn't even 25 years ago. This was, geez, way back when, before then. I don't know. I think I was 11. And uh, neighbor loses a kite, flies across the road, offer to go out and help. I see this white thing laying out in the field. You know what it is? An old white bone. So I told my brother, I said, go over and see what that is. He comes back, he hollers, it's a shed antler. Don't touch it. <laughs> so I run up to him, and sure enough, man, I was like, man. Then I started getting into it and looking it up, and you know how deer shed every year, and I was interested, and and that just led the passion in my world. Just you know, just a, you know, just a thrill seeker trying to find the the sheds every year. Just turned into a passion, you know, and just dedicated to every year, just shed up. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. That's like your thing, man, is just finding sheds, huh? You kill them too, it looks like, but. I try not to let all the big ones go so I can find the sheds and I don't shoot the monsters, you know? <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> so people ask me if I've you know, killed some big ones or I find their sheds and I just tell them all that I let the big ones walk so I can find their sheds year after. <laughs> You'd rather find their sheds than kill them, huh? <laughs> right. Oh, this year I shot no seven. He was a he was a nice one. He went from a six by five to a six, typical six by six, one seventy nine and five eighths. I mean, look at that picket fence. He's a pretty deer. It don't get better than that. This is him right here next to me. So that led into another one hunting, you know, specific deer over the years. And I thought, well, if I can pick up their sheds and I can hunt the deer, let's put what? two and two together. So I wanted to find their sheds and then 
see if that puzzle led me to harvesting the deer. Today, I think I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine deer that I've killed. I found matching, you know, sheds off of. So nice. Well, here's the difference from where you are to where we are. This is this is our big deer. It's still a good deer, though. <laughs> so our picket fences are like midget fences compared to where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> I seen one laying in the field the other day about that size, and I kept driving. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts right here, man. That hurts. <laughs> a man like you don't leave no sheds and no fields. <laughs> How many sheds you think that you've picked up over the years? Oh my gosh, I've been asked that question, and thousands. You know, I mean, probably over ten thousand. Um, wow. You know, back in the day when I started actually really shed hunting was around 96. So you're talking 25 years. I used to be able to find 150 plus sheds a year, you know, two months time, no problem. You know, and the, today's industry, everybody's learned about it and probably due to my part too and doing seminars and, you know, and, and then other people getting into the hobby. And then you add the value of antlers comes into play. And you know, people have no jobs going out there looking. Next thing you know, they're walking everywhere. And I go to some of my private places and see boot, pl- you know, boot prints this time of the year. You know what's going on. It's like, oh, yeah. So, but I, you know, back then when I was young, I used to keep cow, but. I couldn't really give you an exact exact number, you know. Tons. You, I mean, this box is I got boxes full, just sheds. I've sold some. I finally uh, years ago I started going to Kansas and got introduced to Mike. Uh, I can't really pronounce Mike's last name. Sharus. Char. I I I can't remember. Sorry, Mike, if you're watching, but uh, <laughs> anyway. So I started selling some little stuff about what, what you had. <laughs> <laughs> Keep rubbing it in. <laughs> uh, you know, just for poundage. And I thought, well, I'll start making some money off of it. And I've sold a couple hundred pounds here and there. And But big stuff, I've only sold one big set. And that was a deer I was after hmm, three years ago. And he finally got shot by somebody else, a first-time hunter. Imagine that. This deer was a giant, over 200 inches. I had a set from him from the year before. Somebody made me an offer. I was like, get him out of my face because I don't want to see him again. (laughs) But number-wise, I'd say over 10,000. Wow, that's crazy. I couldn't even imagine, man. Like, so like a shed season for us, if I, like I set a goal of finding 25 and that's a killer season for me, like that's a lot. And I put a lot of miles on it's big country here too, though. It's the mountains, you know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit tougher and there's the population's not all that much, but to, to, to get on average 150 a season, I couldn't even imagine, dude, my house would be full of them just like yours. I, they'd be everywhere. You know, I, I think yeah, my start- best season was 52 and I'm like, that's it. That that's the epic season. I, that's a good season. I've had my down years. I think the least I found one year was 36. Wow. Uh, we had a lot of snow, but I mean, I found up to 16 in a one-half-acre field, you know. Wow. Just one outing. You know? my, but my goal is every day when I go out is to find one shed. That's my goal. I, just Every time I go out, if I can find one, I'm, I'm satisfied, you know. That's crazy, man. So, so you don't you keep pretty much all your sheds now other than, you know, just selling off a little bit here and there. I mean, everything. You're just – you're a collector. Everything I own, I've found. I've not, I don't buy any. Everything I own, I've found. So, yeah, I just, I like collecting the, the sheds. It's an addiction. Man. Kind of like a woman with shoes, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wear them once and then set them aside to watch. <laughs> 
Have you shed hunted for anything other than whitetails? And I want to. I mean, I've, I've been like to Canada and stuff, done some bear hunting uh, out west, um, but I've, I've never really got into it. No. I'll tell you, I do, I do a lot of moose shed hunting. That's like my favorite. <laughs> What's it? I get broke just traveling different countries. Once I get into, if I got into mule deer and elk and moose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, with elk, you put a lot more miles for a lot less bone, but it's a lot more weight. One of those things is better than picking up a hundred inch antler any day. It's insane. You know what was crazy? I went out to Yellowstone years ago and I went into this little shop and they had a lot of elk sheds and deer stuff. They had one little set of four point whitetail sheds sitting there for a hundred dollars. I thought, yep. And I told that lady, I said, a hundred dollars for this set. I said, I got thousands of them at the house. She said, we can't keep them on the shelf. Yep. She's they like, don't exist just, out there. Right. She said, it's a rarity. I said, so you got a hundred dollars for this little four by four set. And then you went, Thirty-five dollars for that big elk. Like, yep. Yeah, it's like wow. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's the same thing as out here. People go insane over a single ant or a elk shed. Right. right. Whereas back home, you know, I had a pile. I've got six or seven of them here in the house that I kept. My best one was thirty-two pounds. It was eight inches. It scored a little over two seventy, just one side. Right. You know, and that's that's what you go for with elk. So you're like. You don't see whitetail. You see mule deer, but you don't see whitetail. So when I got to the East Coast, I was jacked. I'm like, all right, you know, look at all these horns. And I'm like, wait, everybody has these out here. It's it's nothing new. Whitetails are just my, just my epitome. I I can't, like, they try to get me to go after elk and mule deer and I get off for hunts and stuff, but I'm afraid to leave. Ohio to leave my whitetails here because that I've done it before in a hunt Kentucky, a hunt Indiana, uh, Kansas, uh, here in Ohio, Illinois, and I'd be there and get pics of my monsters that I'm after here in Ohio. I'm like, as soon as I freaking leave, then big boys show up. So I kind of kind of stick close to home, and most of the time go after one deer, and a lot of times the EHDs hit last couple of years and put a you know damper on that but and the shed hunting of course they, and that's another topic like deadheads this one here so here's the one that i picked up last february so a year from today or this month is one ninety-eight and seven eighths net two hundred. It's the clean five by five with a couple little kickers. There's a shit I found off. Oh. So I was after him and I actually shot him this year with the shed. And look how big that four grew. It's like geez, just a giant. So then he disappeared. So I went looking for him and trying to find his sheds. And of course, I walked upon him dead. And I'm not going to leave a deadhead that big laying around. Hell, hell no. So you call the DNR, tell them where you found it. I give him the whole story, send him the location. Then you get a tag here in the state of Ohio for you know for it to be legal so so when you find a deadhead it, it has to, you have to call dnr to get a tag for it in a while i couldn't hundreds and hundreds of deadheads i found over the years and my old game warden he just got tired of me calling him every other day give me a tag give me a tag give me a tag where you at he's like just keep them I'll get with you at the end of the season. <laughs> so I just started donating them all to Bass Pro Shop, Cabela's, and geez, the amount of calls and text messages I get, people wanting to buy them. And it's illegal in the state of Ohio to sell 
know, a skull or a deadhead. But it used to be, I think. It doesn't matter to me. But, but one that big, especially if I've been after him, he's going to stay in my collection. <laughs> especially deer of that caliber. I mean, that's an absolute giant. That's you don't you don't you don't walk by that one. That's that doesn't stay where you yeah. find it. That's crazy. So why don't we get into some of the techniques and kind of like what you do and how you go about trying to find sheds. Obviously, there's a little bit of an art to it. You just don't go in the woods marching around. Um, so wh- wh- on a, where do you start? Like what what would be some of the tips that you would ask or that some somebody would you get the question. <laughs> I've, seen art. I've done plenty of them over the years. Yeah. So basically, early season, I'll call this early season. I typically don't start till Valentine's Day here in the state of Ohio, southwest Ohio. February 14th, I take my girlfriend, which I don't know where she's at. Oh, I don't have one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's when I start. Uh, there's some dropping right now. But unless I know my cameras tell me otherwise, I'm not going in anywhere unless I know for a fact my bucks have dropped. One, if you spook them out of there, you're not going to find them. Two, they're there for a reason. So, and they're this time of the year, snow on the ground, late season, all the deer are yarded up. Bucks, those, they're all yarded up. So if you got one buck, you're going to have three, four, you could have six, or you could have 10, you know, it doesn't matter. And I got one big deer in that herd, and I want to find his sheds, but the other ones are dropped. I'm not going to go in there and bust them all out and run him off. I learned that years ago. I was after a, a giant, like a, you know, like that caliber. He was in one eighties, one nineties. And uh, I go, I thought, well, it's time. I haven't seen it in a while. It's time. So I go in there, jumped him up, didn't find a shed, jumped him up. He runs off, racks going with him. Eight days later, a guy about two miles down the road found his shed. So that right there taught me a lesson. Unless you know exactly when to go in there, don't go in there too early because you're going to bump him out or where he feels safe at. He's going to run off somewhere else and you're not going to find him. He ain't coming back. He's there for a reason. So early season, say February 14th, all I do is scout food sources. I do not go in the bedding areas. Whether it be, I'll go into hay fields, cut soybean fields, corn fields. We have a lot of crops here in Ohio. Do the outer perimeters, make it next to the field. If I find one or found 10, I don't want to go inside that comfort zone where they're in their bed. I just, I gotta, gotta be, hold myself back. I'll do that for a couple of weeks till first of March. Then I'll start going inside, getting in the rabbit country, the bed and Mary. Uh, still, I mean, some deer around here, they'll carry till March, April. I mean, end of March, first of April, I've had them carry all the way into turkey season. Like I've got a big deer this year. He's an eight-year-old buck. He didn't shed his velvet till late October. And usually it's second third week of september and uh we nicknamed him fuzzy and i found his sheds four years ago uh but he he don't shed till late it might be april end of april before he sheds because he didn't he didn't shed his velvet till late october so early season i concentrate on just the food sources then once they get into march then i'll start hitting the trails going in the bedding areas but don't put too much pressure on it. Oh, excuse me. I'll take and say you got a square field. Again, I'll go to that one farm on a Monday. And whether I find one or 10 sheds, I won't go back there until the following Monday. Because if I'm hounding that place every other day, wanting to find other antlers, I'm going to end up bumping all those deer out. And they're going to catch on. And just like, you know, being set free and everything during the hunting season. So I just... Try to be careful. One spot, I might hit three spots in the Monday, whether it be 
10 acres, five acres, or 300 acres, which is how I did it. And you just and just make sure not to go into that bedding ground until March first. Time, yep. Unless I know on camera. Last year, I had this one. He said New Year's Day, and he's a five-year-old buck. And I was after him this year at six. Only seen him one time, but he he said New Year's Day. I went in there January second, picked him up. And you knew that they were on the ground. Oh yeah, because he was there the night before, and then coming the next night, I knew, I know his cars, and I know my deer. <laughs> yeah, yes. And sheds are gone. I went over the hill, two hundred yards, and found a land in a greenfield, side by side. So, do you run cameras throughout shed season just to see what exactly what's going on, or? Yeah, they don't get taken out. Just to know what's going on. They gotcha. Stay out there. Minerals, whether I'm some places I feed corn, some places I don't, some places I have camera, some places the farmers don't want me in there putting cameras up. But I've got a ton of cameras out, and that's been a tool for the last geez. When they had the big stealth cams about that big, D cell batteries, you had to put in them <laughs> twice a week because they were going dead. Yep. To, to now we got cameras, you know, this size. That, you know, use batteries up. You know, they can last for six, seven months. I've had some good ones in the last year. But, yeah, cameras are a good tool for me. You know, they got cell cams now. You can watch on your phone. God almighty, all that stuff. So I use that stuff to my advantage. So now, you know, you always hear about, like, southeast slope. You see here hear about you know the wind and your i mean uh, the sun to your back so on and so forth what are some of those tips kind of for somebody to kind of follow along with especially in like the big timber um i got you know say we got most most around the country you got deer bed up high feed down low tip kind of typical uh so like you said them you know, the them ridges where the, the sun comes up and hits first especially this time of year when it's shed season, you know, and then we got snow on the ground, it's cold, all the greenery's gone. Uh, they're still picking on the acorns, leaves, whether it be honeysuckle, might be still around, but, and then for warmth, the ridges where the snow's melted, the sun's hit. I mean, you might see rolling hill and driving down the road and this one be full of snow and the one right next to it facing, you know, towards the east, southeast, all the snow's gone. I'll pass up every other ridge and hit the one with no snow on it. That's where you're going to find the sheds. And that's um, where them deer are going to be hanging out. Yeah. I won't even bother the... That's great. In, in big ridges, I hunt one place. That's all it is. It's hardwoods like that. If you can find that spot, it's like, like money every time. Nice. So I know out here where I'm at, I'll spend a lot of time. I'll literally cruise the field edges, right? Look into the fields as far as, you know, looking at food sources. And then the other thing that I've told a lot of people is, you know, you got the field edge and then about 15 yards in. I know I find a lot of luck down here using that method and then working up to bed. Does that still apply out where you are? Yeah, exactly. I do the same thing. Like I said, I progress into that bed area. I'll walk in like. If I walk that field this Monday, next Monday, I'll, I'll do the same thing. The same thing. I don't pass it up. I'll walk that field again, do a next cross it, step 15 yards in, do a circle around it. I just start. And at, by the time the season's over, my two, three months shed hunting, I'll walk every inch of that property. But I do the same thing over and over because they're, they're coming to that food source. So I know that. And then just start branching out and just, and I'll walk circles. And, and that's a good tip, too. If I find one and I don't know exactly where the other one is, and it's late season, say mid-October, mid-October, uh, mid-March, I'll start from that antler. If I can't find it, then I'll just start working circles. Ten yards, ten yards, ten yards. That's when, you know, crossing property boundaries and stuff. And, and I'll just get my binoculars out. Well, it ain't over there, so just keep working away till I find it. Sometimes I found some giants and on the other side, you think, 
you know, make it this big four that weighs, you know, four pounds, you know, almost five pounds, huge four, just scores 80 inches, almost 81. Um, I didn't find the other side till, geez, it took me like three weeks and it was four, over 400 yards apart. You know, that one was laying in the bedding area and another one was laying in the hayfield. But I just kept doing that and zigzagging. It's crazy. And this one here. Let's see. This one. Yeah, this one. It took me a year to find this one. No two marks. Damn. Damn. It was laying. I hit it with my shin walking through some uh, uncut winter wheat. And uh, about knee high, I hit it with my shin. And uh, it's just like, what the heck was that? I knew something was supposed to be there. Reached down. I thought, I thought it was a deadhead at first. And it just come up. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, it's a big five. Jeez. That's nuts. And that's off the same beer, too. Wow. Wow. If you guys aren't on the YouTube side watching this, you guys are out of your minds. You're missing out on some serious, serious stuff. Yeah, that looks a lot like your bow and bridle trip. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I, they have those things. What is You said it was, oh, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked this one up this past late spring. It'd been laying there for over a year. Looks like it. it somebody asked me if it'd been in a fire. Like it looks like it, but just the sun was hitting it, and it goes eighty something. I don't know. I I really don't score them that much. People ask me all the time what they score. I don't know. When I'm at shows, <laughs> when I'm at shows, some of the some of the scores, like, can I can I score that antler real quick? I'm like, sure, go ahead. Because like, I throw most of my big, big ones in this box. They're 60, 60, some, 60, 65 sets in that box. And it's uh, four foot by three foot by three foot deep. And they're all match sets, giants, one 160s to 200 class deer <laughs> some big <ones>. wow <laughs> that's yeah. nuts man it's that's a crazy addiction i i just don't find in the white gold it's like you know it's the redneck easter egg hunt i you just never can get too much of it you know what if i find one like this one right here just a little four point it scores total oh. 21 22 inches okay that gives me just as much of a adrenaline rush as finding one like that right there. The honest to God's truth. I mean, it's, you know, and I've probably got 50 spikes, you know, and I always wondered what the smallest four point typical in the world was. And I think you may be holding it. <laughs> pretty cool. That thing is badass. It's a self standard too. To stand up on the it's pretty cool. But yeah, I just, I mean, if I find one antler, a day i'm i'm good it doesn't matter if it's big little it doesn't matter as long as you're finding bone of course i mean everybody could spot the giants i mean but find them little ones and yeah as long as it's a bone it doesn't matter that's so now, if they're all chewed up uh, and people people say you know the saying don't leave no bone behind uh, if they're all chewed up i'll just i'll leave them you know <laughs> ain't no sense of taking them back Right. Do the squirrels really mess you up down there, big time? I find them with blood on the base and chewed up, half gone. Still, and they just <laughs> drop. I'm like, what the heck? You you had one on one of your pictures. It was just like it was this tiny little. It looked like an antler, but it was completely gone. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It was just. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I've got tons of them. I've had them like that. Yeah. That's crazy. I couldn't even. I don't even know how you found that. Never mind. 
<laughs> you got to have an eye for, for him. I drove down the road going 50 mile an hour and spot one, you know, 100 yards out in a cornfield. I said, stop, motor. I said, run out there and get that five-point shed. I'm like, what? So there's an antler out there. Go out there and get it. So, and this is my cousin years ago, probably 15 years ago, runs out there and I'm showing him where it's at. And like, boom, he comes running back, got mud everywhere. He's like, first of all, how in the hell do you see it? And secondly, how in the hell do you know it had five points? I said, I don't know. I'm not, not lucky. Get that eye. He said, you put that out there yesterday, didn't you? I said, no. I <laughs> <laughs> see, and that, that's definitely one thing is uh, when it comes to finding horns, you either have an eye for it or you don't. If you do, it's a lot easier. If you don't, you got to get real focused on the grid search, the circular patterns, things like that. Early season, I'll take an antler with me, you know, because, I mean, I look at even though I look at antlers every day of my life, they're all over my living room, my house, bedroom, kitchen, bathroom. You can't go in a room without, without seeing an antler. I'll take this, you know, shed with me. Early season, I'll toss it, trade my eyes, throw it behind me. <laughs> Believe it or not, a couple years ago, I did it in the cornfield, and I never found the antler. I don't know what the heck happened to it. I just pitched it over my head and it must have buried it. So, but I spent like a half hour trying to find it. And finally I said, screw it. It's just a training antler. I'll find another one. But I couldn't find a dang on thing. And I took it with me. Uh, cornfields though. That's a tough one around here. I, unless it's an absolute giant, I'll wait till that's my last option. Cause cornfields, every corn stalk stubble looks like an antler. Yep. And what I do is I'll take my binoculars and I'll go down every row, side to side, walking in each row. And then I'll do the same thing as I do early season bean fields, hay fields. I'll walk the edge, do an X. Then I start doing glass in every row. I don't walk down every row, but then I'll go, if it's a long field, go to half of it, glass, you know, half, half at a time. So. So glassing is, is, is very important in the shed hunting world. Especially, yeah, when it's flat. Yeah. What we got in Kansas, I'm going three weeks, four weeks. Uh, we got there in glassing. Yeah. Real flat out there. Guy next to us. I see one. Where? There's one. I see one over here. You know, if you don't have eyes, you know. Yeah, you calling dibs on sheds and out in oh, yeah. fields or out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. And you even do you do you glass a lot when you're in the woods too, or no? Just just more or less just hiking putting the putting boots on the ground. I have no uh you know people people use it all the time. I don't have any patience for a dog, so I hate my neighbor's dog. It's barking right now. I, but i've and i've seen where people use antler traps uh in some cases or i put out like uh, my minerals and corn late season i'll use like a a brush where the buck come in and you know he might hit it it is you know antlers on the tree or this but i don't use the picket fence and wires and all these you know antler trap gadgets that you see does me no good. I mean, I see people, they might place them there to, you know, try to sell them. And, but if, if a buck's not ready to shed, he's not going to shed. I know guys that have deer farms around here and they go out there with a two by four and smack that deer upside the head and his antlers still won't pop off. And then the next day they'll just fall off on their own, you know, just, right. Just timing. It's moon phase and all kinds of stuff goes into, well, you know, injured buck, uh, all kinds of things. Yeah, I'm not a biologist, but and all of that. I just heard, yeah, I've heard a lot of stuff. But I've seen deer breed deer, you know, late season, you know, January, like, and in some parts of the state, Texas, you know, it's it's all on right now. You know, rut and everything, and just depends on what state you're in, what kind of environment, and how the weather's been, all the kinds of factors. Yeah. 
Absolutely. No, you kind of answered. So there was a couple of questions on the outdoor drive um, page there that a couple guys had asked. And one of them was, have you ever been successful using any of the, the gadgets, um, you know, feeder above a feeder, so on and so forth. And then the other one was when you look at property for the first time, what do you focus on travel corridors? We kind of went over that. Um, and then there was, uh, I th- you've pretty much gone over all of them. I don't need to read through them. So that was kind of, they had asked questions, you know, somebody want to kind of know them, but we kind of, I think we hip hit on them. They ask all the time, you know, where do you find them? Uh, I'm in the woods. Yeah, I just be a smart ass sometimes. <laughs> right. But I mean, anywhere whitetail will go, I found them. I found them on the side of roads. I found them hanging up. You know, uh, I got one here. Oh. This one here. I've been shed hunting this property for like 13 years. And it's an old deer. I found it in 2010. Uh, same thicket. I pick sheds up all the time in there. Thought one day I just want to sit sit down and take a break. I picked up three or four, and I looked about fifty yards in front of me, and I just seen one little time hanging down. I thought, is that an antler? Sure enough, it was hanging about four feet above the ground, in a cedar tree, and it'd been there for at least three or four years because it was all dry rotted. And, yeah, pretty cold deer, but. They're not on the ground. They'd be hanging in trees or you find them on it. rocks. <laughs> right. In creeks and ditches. I mean, everywhere. Power lines, good funnels, road crossings. I mean, you name it. Your front yard. I mean, flower bed. <laughs> we oh, pull yeah. into the farm in Kansas where we uh, shed hunt every year. And as soon as we pull in the driveway, you know, my buddy Maddie's like, there's one right laying right there. And sure enough, right on the step, you know, next to the driveway 10 feet on the other side of the fence yeah I'm like you lucky bastard we just didn't start again <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> i love when that happens <laughs> we do a lot like so we got a lot of um urban areas here i'll literally drive around the neighborhoods looking in people's lawn because right. i mean that's their food source right so they're going to go to these lawns you look underneath people's bushes you find them at, i mean everywhere man i I'll, you know what a real good place is that I love? It's one of my favorite things around churches. For some reason, the fields around churches, I don't know why, but I find a ton of sheds there. I don't know why. And some of the urban areas. Better, there's not much hunting pressure. You know? <laughs> I was going to say, that's why in Virginia, it's the only place you can't hunt. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you get a church, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> get a church and shed hunt. <laughs> yep, that's it, man. I know it's it, the whitetail shed hunting is a little bit different than moose shed hunting. I mean, it's more or less just putting on a million and one miles, man, and just trying to find them. And you just get in these feed areas and just go down these rows. And before you know it, you're in the middle of nowhere. And it's just, it's crazy. It's, oh, yeah. it's, that's a whole different world, man. Well, it's the same way with elk. The best luck we ever had, you got to go to the top of the mountain and you got to find those nice bowls and nobody else goes. <laughs> yep. And, and the best day I ever had out West, we found 17 horns, pieces of horns, whatever you want, you know, a mixture of mule deer and elk all in one bowl on top of a mountain that was a six mile hike up and you were 13,000 feet. That's awesome. And then you got to pack the shit out. Yep. You know, and that's a good point. Uh, Sometimes I, I get people, ask me all the time take them shed hunt i mean everybody wants to go everybody wants to find antlers and in one instance it's cost me a relationship because i took a guy one time and then the next year he's in there before i am you know one of my spots sounds familiar trev (laughs) so lay some ground rules out i've helped tons of people find sheds went to the properties and I just give them to them. You know, if I find them, they're yours. If you want to give me one, that's cool. But find eight or ten of them, they're yours. This is your property. Set some ground rules if you guys take friends. Um, typically, I just go alone. Unless, just, you know, a family member or something. Somebody, you know, good hunting buddy. You know, we'll, we'll set ground rules. Like if you find one and then I find a match, whoever finds the first one. And the second one gets found, and the guy that found the first one gets the match. Um, if I go to a place where we're both hunting, and 
you know, I'm after this one particular deer, set the ground rules first. You know, I got history with this deer. I want this deer. If you find the sheds, you know, give them to me. Then, you know, so you don't lose friendship. Big deer have cost a lot of people friendship over the years. So, you know, I keep my uh, shed group small and uh, just make sure all the ground rolls are set before, before you step foot, you know. Oh, for sure. I know how that goes. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It it gets it gets kind of crazy now that everyone's kind of getting into shed hunting too. Things get a little bit crazier, you know. Everybody, you know, you go to these a lot of these areas, and you know, we do a lot in a lot of areas that are non huntable areas because that's where you're going to find the most sheds. Um, and there's be a million and one guys in there, you know, and these guys are arguing and this, that, and the other thing, and it kind of gets a little tough. On another instance, I had um, I now have a dog. I have a shed hunting dog. And guys would be like, hey, man, I got this big buck over here. You mind coming and finding the shed antler? Well, I'll tell you this, man. If I'm putting in the time and the effort, I'm keeping the antler because right. it's one of those things, man. Like, I try and set those ground rules. If it's a big deer, man, and you're after it and you need a hand, that's one thing. But I'm not going to come and scour your land for two, three days, even more, to try and find antlers that I'm going to give up. You know what I'm saying? It, it's t- It's different here. It's not like out there where there's a million and one sheds it's totally different here when you like i said when you're finding 20 sheds in a season and you're putting on hundreds of miles it's it, it definitely is tough i know how many miles i've walked over the years and how many i've walked past so if i had those two together would i have like more miles than the like a world record <laughs> or would i have uh had missed more sheds than I've found. That's what I, <laughs> that's two things that get me all the time. Like, cause I, I, it never fails. I go back every year and I find an old shed and I like, I know a walk through here last year. How come I didn't see that? So, and you mentioned earlier, like where the sun is and stuff, when I'm walking through there, I'll always change direction or always keep the sun to my back. I love shed hunting on rainy days. Um, Cloudy days, they just stick out like a sore thumb. Sunny days, I'll go, but walk. If you think you're walking slow, walk ten times slower because that antler will just blend in. And we got there in Kansas, and I got this little purple flower that pops up in these in the springtime, and yep. it's it's popping up probably about right now. And then by the time March gets there, and those antlers blend in, we've walked within foot of them. I just told Matt you know, a couple of times over the years, I'm like, don't step on that one. He's like, shit, I didn't see that. Yeah. It just, they just blend in so well. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. It's I, we, we all probably walk by so many sheds oh, yeah. in the season. I I bet you I probably I probably if I was paying attention I probably would find a hundred in the season, but I'd have to walk slower because yeah. like you that anticipation when you get in the woods, man, and you're trying to find a shed, like you want to get to a certain spot, but that antler could be right there. You know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to get in the bedding ground, oh, so yeah. you're like beelining to get in there. Nothing's in there, and then you like turn around and there'll be a shed. And you're like. What the fuck, man? I just walked right past that thing, oh, and you know? That's, that's the other thing, though, is when you're op- walking an open field or real wide open, hard timber that's got open bottom, no regrowth, and you can see a little bit versus climbing mountainsides, you know, because you're mm-hmm. putting time into footing and handholds and getting yourself up and around half the time instead of looking as you're walking, you know? So that's the thing with when you have somebody with you, you got competition. So you're, 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 you're trying to race to the best spots or find that antler and you pick up the pace more because you're in the competition of where's, where's this one at? You want to beat them to this spot or I want to get to that thicket or this spot. And then you're overlooking areas that are good. So yeah, we might walk in one way and walk straight back out the same way at a different angle. And yeah, we'll just, that's the only thing bad about having other somebody else with you. you know, they're anxious and want to find that antler and you, know, you want to slow down, but it seems like the pace keeps picking up more and more. Like just slow down, calm down, just look it all over. Just take your time. Just so rainy days, cloudy days are my favorite all the way up till turkey season. Once it starts getting green and you know, they get covered up and fields are starting to get plowed and turkeys start gobbling. It's time to 
time to <laughs> put on the camo. Yep. Get after them turkeys. Yes, sir. I love it. So, man, I got one last question for you, and that is, what drives you outdoors? Drives me outdoors. Look behind me. <laughs> Good answer. Great. I mean, answer. if that the don't white gold. Yeah, if that don't drive a, an outdoor enthusiast to get outside and look for some antlers, you're mean, you're talking, you know, that's an 80, 88 inch antler, you know. Uh, it could be my retirement one day, but what drives me? It just I, I love it, man. Just you get good exercise. I try to stay lean, you know, eat good. Um, drink a lot of water, stay dehydrated when I'm out walking. Just, and there's nothing better than breathing God's clean air on the outside. You know, it's like a spring day when you open up your windows and you want to get fresh air in the house. And just get outside, get some exercise, relax, enjoy it, wake up with the world. You know, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It, it, it don't get any cleaner than that. Well, We'll honestly say it that way. Right. <laughs> so real quick, Wayne, before we start cutting out, where can everyone find you and how can they get a hold of you if you want them to? That's uh, like, to, that's like one of the movies where it's confidential. They can't find me because I stay hidden. Smart. <laughs> Smart. I have a Facebook page. That's just, I don't do all the Instagram, Twitter and all that stuff. I'm too busy to get that's enough social media in my life, but just look up Wayne Bolton, Shed Up and Full on Facebook. And I've been doing a lot of shows. I've been with uh, Blitz TV over the years and the learning curve. Right now I'm just freelancing. I kind of opted out of those. So I film every hunt. I've filmed, been filming for the last 13 years. All my kills are on film. Um, so right now I'm just kind of freelancing. You can Google my name. I've done some things for the, uh, in, uh, not the NWTF, but the DNR, Ohio Division of Wildlife, shed hunting video. Uh, just type in Wayne Bolton shed hunting. You can find, see all kinds of stuff on there, just, or hunting, anything. Or look me up over here. Yeah. <laughs> <I'll> Finally, <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. Outstanding. Well, everybody, uh, do some looking up check out the shed hunting fool if uh i know if you're as excited as i am to get out this spring and pick up some bone get some bone in hand he's got plenty of information so find out whatever you can and uh, if you guys have questions reach out to us reach out any way you can get what you can to get out and be more successful even if you don't it's a good day outside so with that we want to thank you guys for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime. Good luck.